Welcome to the Women Influencers in Business and CRE podcast. I am Veronica Malola, CCIM, founder and CEO of Capital Stack Real Estate Group, a commercial real estate company serving the greater Orlando area. Today's guest is Kenesha Rubnett, CCIM instructor, broker, and fabulous friend. We spoke about how she grew up learning to value education, her impact on the Georgia CCIM chapter's diversity through her leadership, and so much more. Please don't forget to hit that thumbs up button and subscribe below. I welcome your comments and please share with someone who can benefit from this podcast. Good morning, Kenesha. How are you today? Doing very well. And yourself? I am good. I am in Tampa, actually. (laughs) And you're in Georgia. So thank you so much. And I'm so glad that we're both on Easter Standard Time or Eastern Daylight savings time whatever (laughs) time it is but we're in the same time zone which is great so I appreciate you I know you're a very busy woman so I wanted to start out by saying thank you for gracing our podcast and also I'm super excited to hear about your story of how you grew up in your environment and how you got to where you are today. So tell us. Okay, well, I have been in commercial real estate almost 18 years now. Started out, I was in Arizona, believe it or not. Started out in commercial real estate in Arizona. Actually, just real estate period, I was originally a research scientist if you can believe that yes i I do i do believe that i had a chemistry and spanish uh undergraduate degree and i was studying diseases and all over the world and then i came back stateside and was doing clinical research for cardiovascular concerns testing pharmaceutical drugs on human beings ah, ah, i was like it just did not sit well with me did not resonate i did not feel like i was making an impact as far as helping people and i got introduced to commercial real estate or real estate in general just from a couple that i knew in arizona And they were friends of my godmother. And it just, when I started to learn about real estate, it was a whole new world that opened up and it touched my soul. And it was, it just seemed like it affected everything. It was the ground you walked on, it was the buildings you went into, it was the school, it's the, the church, the hospital, the, it's everywhere. And it was so many different opportunities. So I jumped in immediately. I was super excited. Um, they were investors. 
They had their own commercial real estate firm. They did insurance. I learned a lot from that couple. And then I just took off. So then I ended up getting my master's in real estate development at Arizona State University. That added, I kept adding education and just tools to my toolbox. And then ended up moving back to Georgia. I got hired by a development firm out here, which moved me back. I did five years of tenant rep in Arizona for a company called UGL Equus. And they have since merged with Cushman and Wakefield. And when I came back here, I worked for that developer and just adding more arsenal, you know, and learning more and gathering more skills. And I managed a number of mixed-used retail development. So now I'm having just learning about high rises and the back of house and development and everything. So then after that, I got hired by Walmart and I moved to Arkansas. Wow. It was, yeah. So I was in the real estate department. So there you did a little bit of everything. So I did some site selection. I had an $8 billion portfolio, was about 44 million square feet. Moved around a little bit, started with the East Coast, then had my last territory was around Texas, Houston area. And I sold excess land. I did lease negotiations, car routes, curb cuts, you name it. You did it all. They trusted your judgment. You had to fly, look at the properties. It was it was a great experience. It was the most volume that I've ever, you know, just just had my hands on. I did oil and gas leases. Billboard leases, you I mean, just had all of that in my portfolio. Wow. That's also where I got really serious about pursuing my CCIM designation. So I went ahead and did that while I was there at Walmart and got pinned in 2017. And two years later, became a CCIM instructor, 2019, teaching 103 user decisions. And yeah, and so now that I'm back in Georgia, I am with a company called Greenwood CRE. Fairly new, two years old or so, a number of people in the industry that have had you know, 15 to 30 something plus years of experience came together to start a new company called Greenwood. It is African-American led and we are in 22 cities all over the the country. So, wow, that's, that's, that's awesome. a little bit of my history. <laughs> yeah, but I'm curious about your family too 
who was your role model in your family? I mean, did you grow up with lots of siblings? Maybe you're an only child. I'm always so curious about that stuff. Yeah, so I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. Oh, wow. My parents have been married for 48 years. Yes, absolutely. 48 years still together. My dad is at my house right now. <laughs> oh, very cool. Yes, I see them frequently all the time. They're 26 minutes away from me. My brother, my brother's 26 minutes one direction. My parents are 26 minutes the other direction. I'm in the middle. So my house is the meeting house. Oh, you know? cool have dinner. This is where the kids play. This is where the kids swim. I have three nephews. One is in Tampa. One and the other two are here. And I have two nieces and they're in Detroit, Michigan with my sister. And yeah. So you grew up pretty much in a in a big family kind well, of big family. A Sorry. brother and a sister, and I'm in the yeah. middle. <laughs> oh, oh, middle child like yes. me. I love that. <laughs> so did, did you feel like your family dynamic actually inspired you to keep going as far as education? Because I know some of the cultures, for instance, yeah. like mine, we value, Asians value education and higher education and i know you kind of kept going with your education oh, yeah. my yeah. mom was educator ah. yeah she got her master's degree in michigan she's an educator she taught all the way from from kindergarten and she taught all the way to high schoolers oh. in michigan so she was always about learn 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 and she would teach in the summers, I mean, even before we could go outside to play, we had a stack of books we had to read, you know, so we were always reading. There was never a dull moment. My parents had me in everything. So I was, I grew up always doing multiple tasks at once. So I was wow. a Girl Scout. They had me in swimming lessons, tennis lessons, golf lessons. I, I, I didn't have an idle moment. So although I grew up in Detroit, in the city, um, they removed me from the city so it wouldn't, my environment would not have a negative impact on me. So they kept oh. me busy. And now I have that same, I always have a lot going on. <laughs> wow. that That's amazing. I love stories like that because to me, I think that often people really don't realize how much the adult you gets shaped by your early family. Yeah. So it's just at an early age. And my parents scraped, you know, pennies together to put me in a private school. And I was in a private Christian school growing up from kindergarten to eighth grade until we moved to Georgia. And my parents moved to Georgia so I could go to a different high school. Wow. You know, yeah. So they were that the early years definitely molded me because I, I'm able to take on a lot and education is also very important, but I'm able to take on a lot because I've always had to manage a lot. They just kept me very busy. Wow, very, that's, very busy. 
That's great. That's great to hear because we know each other from a very wonderful group of women that get together once, once a month called the power beacons. And I'm always so, so in admiration of your energy and you're always so positive and you have such a great smile. And, and, and I think, you know, now I kind of understand why a little bit more. So yeah, it's, it's so awesome, but let's, let's move on and, and let's talk a little bit about some of the challenges that you overcame maybe just one challenge that comes to mind that you overcame while building your career in a mostly male dominated industry. Oh gosh. <laughs> I'm sure we have plenty of stories like that, but I was even just starting out when I first started with the company in, in Arizona, I mentioned earlier, I was tenant rep and I was there for five years and never met my broker. So our office did really well, you know, financially. Our broker was in Tucson. So he we would just send documents, he would sign. But that also meant when I came into the industry, there was no, let me sit down and teach you. There was no, you know, here's the information, here's a book of glossary, here's terminology. And it wasn't any no hand holding, no nothing. I got an office and a phone, and they said, pick a building, you know, in the financial district and stack that and cold call. And know every single you know decision maker, every single lease that's expiring. That's your job. And they wanted me to cold call. And my name is Kenesha, <laughs> so I can't just pick up the phone to a, a a decision maker and you know with a name like Kenesha and think I'm going to go very far. So that right so what, there. Why, why do you over. think? Why do you think that is? That's just how it is. That is, okay. I. It's not even something I have to think about. That's just how it was. That's yeah. how it was in the industry. Even when we went to our first, I'm not gonna say my first, but there was a law firm that we were pitching. It was a uh, myself and uh, another guy that worked at that company, and we were pitching to this law firm. He was coming in after I did. I came in. I sat down. We were in the boardroom, and. You know, I was getting ready to do the presentation. It was going to be me presenting. And then everyone was, you know, chattering. And they said, well, we'll get started when your boss gets here. Yeah, that's a very common story. Right, something like that. So it was just like no one thought in a million years that I could be a broker or I could be the one presenting. Or I actually was, I'm not here to get your coffee. You know, Kenesha is here to do the presentation for you. (laughs) You know? Right, right. Um, and this so, was, but this was 18 years ago, correct? 18 years ago, right. Yeah. But this was another reason why I was so adamant about getting the additional information and the education and the CCIM and the letter, because the letters behind my name actually preceded me. So I noticed that CCIM helped to open doors for me. So whereas Kenesha may not have gotten me, you know, a, a phone call answered or an email answered or returned, but CCIM did, you know, or MRET did, Masters of Real Estate Development. So it was very, very important to me to continue to get as much education so I could be taken seriously. So pretty much what you're saying is the education and the CCIM designation actually was a big part of how you overcame that challenge. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you that it was the same for me. Mm -hmm. Look, I'm an immigrant 
And I'm a woman of color, color like you, and I'm a woman <laughs> in a very male-dominated industry. And I remember having to deal with a pretty large firm and the, the broker was talking down to me. And I just told him at the very end, why don't you send me all the deal points on an email? And when I responded back and he saw that I had CCIM next to my name, he never talked that way to me again. So right. yes, I do agree that uh, that really, really does matter. And there's a there's yeah. a lot of value to that. So thank you for that. I wanted to move on and talk about influence. Now, the title of our podcast is Women Influencers in Business and CRE. And normally the word influencer really refers to nowadays to social media influencers, but not in this particular case. In my podcast, I like to talk to ladies like you who are so successful and who have led an organization. And for you, that would be the Georgia chapter of the CCIM organization as president last year. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to kind of ask you what your thoughts were, what kind of influence you think you've had on your organization, or maybe just a, a, another group, perhaps. Hmm. Okay, so definitely I have been able to make a lot of influence in the Georgia chapter for sure. Yes, I was the president last year, which was a milestone because I was the 50th chapter president, which was pretty amazing. So there was a large party that we got to throw and we had a number of, we actually had the very first CCM president is that I was just grateful that he was still alive, that we were, he was able to see the changes and the transition. And he, you know, gave me a big pat on the back and said, you know, I see everything you're doing and I commend you. Um, That was huge. And about four years ago, four years ago, almost, uh, well, we've had four groups that have come through, but I started a mentorship program for the Georgia chapter. And that has been a tremendous impact in our culture. Yes. Because although we're in Atlanta, it is very diverse here, but the commercial real estate industry did not reflect the diversity of our city. You know, even the Atlanta Commercial Board is the largest commercial board in the country. Same thing. It did not reflect like it just didn't even look the same. It looked it just didn't. So with our mentorship program, we started out, we wanted to help people that were starting out in the industry or had three years or less of commercial real estate experience. And I also knew of a company or a program called REAP, the Real Estate Associate Program. They had been around for over 25 years, myself and maybe about three or four other board members of the commercial of the Georgia chapter had been contributing to that organization. So there was a a Georgia REAP Real Estate Associate Program. They would have a number of people from diverse backgrounds, men, women of color, just to learn. It's an intensive training where they would learn about different asset classes, different areas, different companies of commercial real estate. And over years ago, when I was at Walmart, they had even hired a number of people that had graduated from this program. So it was is well known in the industry if that's the place to go and to learn. So we, I went in and I had been speaking to them for years now, like even about corporate America, how it was, you know, doing real estate. Uh, for corporate America, and then making the transition into full-time brokerage, going back to full-time brokerage 
and I had been teaching that. So I said, a lot, a lot of the students were saying, well, what next? Now that we've graduated, what's a good next step? And of course, for me, I'm going to always say CCIM yeah. because that additional information can help you to soar and just be leaps and bounds ahead of other people. But so I was able to partner CCIM and REAP. So now we also, in our mentorship program, we accept REAP graduates and we also accept anyone that has three years or less in the industry and has taken at least one CCIM class. And from that class, I mean, we have had over 60 maybe, grad, you know, people that have participated, mentors and mentees, wow. people that have gone on to start their own companies, people that have gone on to complete their CCIM designation and they're soaring. It's just been, it's been beautiful to have been the catalyst to start this as well as to continue to be participate in that and to help so many on their journey to commercial real estate. So I would say that is how I have influenced and impacted the commercial real estate area, as well as also being one of the first Black female CCIM instructors. So that was a huge milestone as well. So has, has there been mentioned. has there been anybody else uh, that followed your footsteps as we a CCIM instructor? Myself and another lady, Stephanie, we both became instructors in 2019, and that was the first. So it, I think that at that point, the institute had been around for 53 years. So it took 53 years to get. Yeah. Black female instructors. Oh, that's amazing because it's really people like you who are trailblazers, who are willing to open the door, not just for yourself, but for others behind you that really make a difference and an impact on how the future looks like. So kudos to you. Congratulations. I, I am totally so happy to hear that. So let me ask you, if there was one piece of advice that you would give our listeners, what would that be? I would say be yourself because there are so many people out there trying to be someone else, but there is, there is some, there's clients for you. There is a pool of people that need to hear your voice, need to hear your background, need to hear your story. And that will be influenced by that. I feel like I have brought my whole self. I've been transparent. I have been um, me, you know, and and there are, and I say that because when I was at the larger firm, there were clients that they did not want me to take. They huh. would pass that on to someone else. But now that I'm with the firm that I'm with now, I'm able to represent people that look like me. It doesn't matter if it's a church or if it's a, a first-time investor or people starting out in their business. And I did not have to change anything about myself, <laughs> yeah. you know, to, to get these clients or, and I just, I just, I would just tell people to be yourself. There are, there are people that you can reach that others cannot. That's right. So. And now you don't even have to think about whether or not you're going to get a response when you say, hi, this is Kanisha, Right. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Amazing. So I wanted to ask you a follow-up question to that piece of advice, but this time a little bit more to, for instance, women of color who are trying to break into the industry particularly. But let me preface that by saying that 18 years ago was a completely different landscape right and you've been through some challenges and and you've overcame the, you've overcome them but 
in this day and age where I believe there's there's a lot of progress made towards diversity, equity, and inclusion, what would your advice be to, to that very special group of, of women? Um, the women starting out, right? Yes, women starting out, women of color. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm they have the ability to go further faster. And that was like some of the reason why I did start the mentorship program. There's so many more opportunities here now than there were 18 years ago. There was no one that looked like me. (laughs) What's nothing. Now there's so many other little groups and gatherings. And I would just say plug in, you know, because people have already laid the path and now they can just kind of sink into to what has already been laid for them. And I would say show up and show out (laughs) because like the groundwork has already been laid. Like now you can just pick up where someone left off, which is a blessing. It's just something that, you know, I didn't have, but this was some of the reasons why I wanted to have the mentorship program, why I wanted to give back to read, why I wanted to, even while I'm still on the board today to help with some of the decisions and make sure that everyone is thought about or considered uh, for different events or different speakers or location or anything like that. So now p- they can literally, someone that's starting out, they can just, like I said, just plug in, show up and show out. That's it. Well, that's that's amazing advice. And I'm so happy because I'm a woman of color myself. I'm really just like you, very happy that there's been a lot of progress. Like you said, there's a foundation that's already been been laid out for us for for at least those that are entering the industry. So thank you, thank you for that. So we've come to the part of the podcast where I'm going to pass the mic on to you, right. and and you get to ask me a question. Perfect. Okay. So I heard you recently mention that you were considering rebranding, and you were going from uh, naming your company Capital Stack to Cap Stack. And so I just kind of wanted to know the idea behind it. What are some of your new branding ideas and just like the thought process behind the whole image shift? Well, thank you for that. So my company is only three years old. And prior to me building Capital Stack Real Estate Group, I was with NAI. And that's how I started my real commercial real estate career. Now I've been in commer- in real estate for at least close to 20 years, 10 years in commercial real estate. But when I did that transition, I was very blessed to have been mentored by, and you know him, he's the CCIM Institute Global President in 2017, Robin Webb. He took me under his wing. He was my mentor. Yes, he hired me in NAI. Yeah. And and so when I transitioned into uh, building my own company, and again, you know, both of us know that it takes about at least three years to establish yourself. And of course, at that point, when I named my company, I thought Capital Stack Real Estate Group was a really, really great name. And it is. And it's with the branding that we've done in the last three years. I think we've we've made a lot of headway especially in social media, because we have a group that I hired, uh, Lavasco Creative Group, that has been doing a really great work in company branding. But as we progressed, and now at year three, we thought about how 
maybe the name needs to be shorter, number one, and easier to remember, number two. And again, you know, you want a you want a brain tattoo when it comes to image and corporate branding and all that. And I have a team that's actually, they could all be my kids because they're all much, much younger than me, which is great because I love to work with a younger, a younger group and team and they're all CRE specialists. And I kind of asked also a friend of ours, a common friend of ours, Amy Calandrino. We, I had lunch with her. She's from Orlando. She's also just this fantastic person on social media. And I asked her about what her thoughts were on me rebranding to a shorter name. And she actually suggested, she said, well, what about Capstack? And I thought, wow, that that's really a great name. And so I've kind of mulled it over. It's been like a few months already. Discussed it with my team and discussed it with, with Lavasco Creative. And even they actually referred to my company as Capstack. And I think that because of social media and more of a, catchy trying to 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 get a catchy name i thought that was a very very natural way to rebrand our company now it's it's a big deal because we're going to have to redo our everything. our logo and and everything else but that was really just a thought process to that i believe that it's okay to pivot mm-hmm. it's okay to to kind of elevate yourself in that way it's going to be not so difficult. I mean, I wouldn't rebrand to a name that's so far away from Capital Stack. And and so, you know, that was that was pretty easy decision decision for us. So I'm really looking forward. We are we are now going to go full blast probably the first quarter of next year or even the end of this year is when we're going to launch it. But I appreciate that question, Kenisha. I you know, I'm I was just a little bit surprised that that you even picked up on that. I know <laughs> we and um I suppose that's that's kind of a very interesting question. So I do appreciate that. Mm. You know, I, I want to say that I am just so thrilled that we have this wonderful uh, women's group that that get together. I got to meet you and I'm so inspired by you and, and all of the the groundwork that you've done and the influence that you've had in your community. And, and so I, I appreciate really that, that you've taken the time to speak with me today. Um, and, and I hope that this has been a, a good 30 minutes of, of your time spent. Yes. And thank you for even having me. I appreciate that. Thank you very oh much. Oh my gosh. I, I really know you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and of course, I always look forward to, to running into you at the CCIM convention, and and I'll see you in Seattle. That's just a few weeks from now. And uh, if you have some some last words, maybe for our audience, feel free. I would say go get them. The world is your oyster. You can do it. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so inspiring. But thank you, Kanisha, and uh, we'll see each other soon. All right, see you soon. Thank you. Take care.